You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, my dudes and dudettes, and it is a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Brought to you by Built Bar and Rock Auto. My name is Brian Brown. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to talk about the news of Riley Batten entering the transfer portal. Will there be other Utah basketball players who will follow, and when might that occur? We'll also break down a little bit of the timeline in terms of the coaching search. Uh, give you an idea of, of when there might be an announcement, if there's one coming, and lay things out in terms of when interviews may have happened and, and whatnot. We're also going to talk about softball's big win and baseball's disappointing loss. Oh, boy. There's a new team down south. And we hate them just the same. Also, volleyball, game canceled versus Washington State. We'll take care of all that after the break. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for March 24th, 2021. It is a great day to be a Ute here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you, my Utah friends and family, for joining me today. As always, for your only daily Utah Athletics podcast in the world. Yes, that is correct. I have not received the Guinness World Records stamp of approval, but I'm going to go ahead and own it anyways until someone can prove me wrong that there is another daily Utah podcast out there because I don't believe there is one. And even if there is, we will fight them and take them down by kicking them in the shins because they are very top-heavy. We're going to get down to business here on today's podcast. It is the middle of the week, and the topic du jour, a.k.a. the soup of the du jour, is still the Utah basketball program and their search for a new head coach. But on Tuesday, there was an announcement. News broke on Twitter that Riley Batten had entered the transfer portal. And this is the first of... Uh, let's see the, let's say the post Larry K guys to depart from the program. And, and what I mean by that is, is the guys that Larry K was probably still confident and, and wanting to keep around. And that's not to say that he didn't want Lahat or Jordan Kellier in the program still that more than likely they were just told that if you stay, this will be your playing time. If you leave, you can probably find something else. Uh, Riley Batten's the first departure from kind of that that leftover group. The real question is, is how big of an impact is does this have on the program as they move forward? And what are the expectations for guys that are still there? I think the two biggest question marks, without a doubt, are Alfonso Plummer and Timmy Allen. Timmy Allen probably still has NBA aspirations. And if that's the case, then he's better off staying in school. If both of those players are anxious to get going on their pro careers both of them would undoubtedly be able to play overseas Timmy Allen for sure if not maybe even a G League spot somewhere he's a first team all Pac-12 player he was far and away the youth's best player he was top five in a number of categories and while his size is a little bit limiting at 6'6", 205 and his outside shot is just simply not there 
I'm not entirely certain that there's a ton of improvement that can happen with that at, at the University of Utah that might not be able to happen elsewhere, especially if you go to a good team with a good developmental program. The NBA has done a really good job of instilling that in the G League and, and committing money to it. So there is an opportunity for him to do that and play some basketball and actually get paid for it. I don't know uh, if there's a particular coach that would sway either of those two players to come back. There is a lot of thought that perhaps if Alex Jensen is named the coach, that his NBA developmental skills, his ties to the league might be enough to sway both of those players to come back. In my thought process, Alfonso Plummer is probably the one that would be least likely of the two to return. And my thinking for that is just that he is not, he is a basketball player. He's in this to play basketball. And I don't know that another year at the University of Utah is, is really going to help him develop the consistency uh, and everything else that he needs. The, the biggest problem is that he's just, he doesn't defend well enough to ride the peaks and valleys of his shooting. And when he's shooting and when he's shooting well and scoring, he's elite. He's efficient. He, he's a plus player, but his defense leaves a lot to be desired, and that's not going to cut it at the next level unless he's able to be more of a consistent scorer. The question is, is how much of that can you develop at the University of Utah? Can you develop at the Pac-12? And, and really, how committed is he to school, especially now that I believe that he has his degree? So Alfonso would be probably the one that would be – I think least likely to return. Uh, I think Timmy might have a little bit more to gain by coming back and working, especially depending on what the hire is. Uh, but I do think that both players should likely return to school. I think it's what's in both of their best interests. Um, you know, Alfonso being a senior technically this year, even though he's given a free year, uh, it does kind of lean towards maybe him wanting to go on and, and play professionally. And there would most definitely be opportunities, perhaps even back home in Puerto Rico where, where he comes from. And, and undoubtedly there are institutions overseas where you could go play the NBL in Australia has become a very strong league that pays well. There's plenty of European options and shooting always can travel for the most part, I think in terms of, players being able to get opportunities because they can shoot and and Fonz can shoot there's no doubt about it Al Fuego or uh, Al Aldrano as someone else pitched to me later on in the year has a a propensity to score and and, and the other part of it too is I think both players would have to look at what the program and what the system is that Utah is going to be installing and see how it really fits in with their playing styles I think Fonzo would play much be much more impactful in an up-tempo style system. And that's something that I've really been vocal about, the fact that you, the University of Utah really needs to switch to something more up-tempo, more fast-paced. I think they need to find more athletes and more shooters. Uh, either that or else they need to really get some good length and be able to play half-court discipline basketball that I think Utah kind of wanted to do last year. Uh it's kind of one or the other. I don't know that you're ever going to be able to build a program with athletic basketball players like Arizona or Oregon has had. I think it's more you've got to either have defensive fundamentals and that sort of thing 
in, in order to be really be successful. But as we talk about these two guys, there's also a list of players on the roster that you would have to be concerned about considering transferring. And, and I think the two that are most likely to enter the portal, in my opinion, outside of maybe Luke Kraskoviak, who uh, wasn't really on scholarship, and, and I doubt that he'll return to the University of Utah um, and, unless, you know, maybe he really wants to stay there. I don't know. But the two that are probably the most likely candidates to make a change are Ian Martinez and Ryland Jones. And I think the big reason is super obvious, and it's that both of their fathers work for the basketball program. And it will be interesting to see who both who gets hired as the head coach and also who might stick around in, in their roles. And now Chris Jones was an off-court role. He's the director of basketball operations. Uh, Jonesy is a, a program le- legend, someone that's very re- well-respected in the athletic department. But there may be some debate internally up there about whether or not it's worth retaining him and or bringing Ryland back uh, with Batten's departure or supposed departure. And, and some of this may just be we don't know this is such a tenuous time because we don't know what the new coach is going to say in terms of transfer portal guys. We know that what Kyle Whittingham said and what Larry Kraskoviak has said, that's the end of it. And and they are done and, and on their own. Maybe the new coach will be more willing to convince players to stay, especially if there's a particular player that enters the transfer portal that they want to keep. But Martinez and Jones are the most likely candidates, I think to enter the portal depending on who the new hire is. And and Henry Martinez has a lot of experience internationally with the Costa Rican basketball program and everything that he's done there. Uh, to say that he was in, strictly hired to bring Eon on board, I think, is a little bit short-sighted, but it was definitely a huge factor in getting Ian on board and in the program, and I think it's easy to see why. Uh Martinez is a phenomenal athlete. He is a great basketball player. He was absolutely one of the highlights of the season in the brightest spot, and he improved as the season wore on. And I think that Henry Martinez, both as a conduit to Costa Rican players and other players of that ilk, which the University of Utah has shown that they want to pursue international players, and I, I, there's good reason for it. You know, Hen- Henry will be a good asset in that regard, and he's also a basketball mind. He spent a year with the coaching staff, and and there were some bright, bright basketball minds on that staff. Whether or not you are a fan of Larry Kraskoviak, he understands the game of basketball very well, along with Donnie Daniels, Tommy Connor. There there are a lot of smart basketball people up there, and Martinez is absolutely along those lines. I, I am under the impression that Larry Kraskoviak was very happy with the progress that he made as an assistant coach and that he had no plans of, of letting Henry go. But I don't know that that's the case all the way through the athletic department, and I definitely don't know if it's going to be the case for a new head coach. Uh, for example, I don't know that Alex Jensen is going to want to be saddled with a set of assistants, especially when assistants like Chris Burgess and Cody Fugger are out there, guys who have Utah ties, guys who have ties to Alex Jensen, guys who would bring a lot to the program in terms of of coming back to the University of Utah. And so those are the two that I would isolate and and focus on in terms of most likely to exit the program. And I think Ryland Jones, 
just struggled last year. There's no doubt about it. Injury, everything like that. Never felt comfortable. Never really found a shot. High hopes that he was going to overcome that and, and bounce back next year. That would be a loss. He's also got a lot of experience. He's a he's a good point guard. He can run the offense. I think he's kind of the Utah version of Tiger Campbell where he can get sets going and he can do some things for them. And he's a good rotation. He's a starting player. There's no doubt about that. Ian Martinez was great. If you lose Ian Martinez, unless you can absolutely recover somebody spectacular in, in the transfer portal, that's a critical, massive loss. And so, again, we come back to a lot of risk involved with the move made by Mark Harlan. And so it's going to be even more critical that he makes the right hire. As we talk about that hire, I want to lay out a little bit of a timeline for you about when we might hear some things, when things may have happened, and what to expect going forward. But first, we're going to talk about making waves. And the University of Utah made waves by making a change at the head coach position to bring more confidence to the fans in the program. Our sponsor, Blue Chew, wants to do the same thing for you. They want to make waves and bring more confidence to the bedroom. It's a unique online service. They deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form at a fraction of the cost. These tablets combat all forms of ED. They can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. This is an online prescription service, so you don't have to go to the pharmacy. You don't have to walk past the brown bear and do that funky avoidance thing, even though I wouldn't judge anybody. In fact, I support people going and, and getting things fixed and taking care of things. It's a great great concept, but maybe you don't want the bishop to know. Maybe you don't want a sister in the neighborhood to know. I don't know. Whatever it is, you can keep it private. It's great, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. If you don't like swallowing pills, this is the perfect solution. Blue Chew's tablets are made here in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if that's something that you, that you feel like could you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, go to BlueChew.com for more details, and we've got a special deal for you. You can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, LOCKEDON at checkout. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. It's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. Thank you, Blue Chew. Bill Walton isn't the only one picking a perfect bracket for March Madness. Bill Barr has also done, built the perfect bracket, I should say, for anyone who loves Built Bars. It is all the the fate of the flavors, all the way to the championship, and today's matchup is a doozy. We've got Cookies and Cream versus Coconut Almond. These are two of my favorites. Coconut Almond tastes just like an Almond Joy. Can't beat it refreshing the coconut taste is not overwhelming but it adds a little bit of of the the crunch to it with the almond one of the best out there against one of my absolute favorites cookies and cream and i gotta be honest with you folks for me the winner and still bracket champion is cookies and cream but the good news is you don't have to trust me. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go to BuiltBar.com. You get 15% off your next order using the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's all one word. LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. You can order a box of cookies and cream. You can order a box of coconut almond. You can order an 18-bar variety pack and try them all and decide what your favorite flavor is. The best news about it is that this is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. With amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, uh, all 
all the things that you need to stay healthy and, and keep your snacking under control. If you're like me and you crave a little bit of chocolate, they do have real chocolate in the bars, and it is just the perfect way to take the edge off if you're craving some, craving some sweets. So remember, promo code LOCKEDON15 at BuiltBar.com to get 15% off your next order. Back with more Utes news and updates here on the Locked on Utes podcast, but I want to remind everyone to be sure and subscribe to the Locked on Today podcast to get all your national news. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. I don't know that there's a network out there that has as many podcasts as the Locked on Network does, so be sure to tune into that to get your national news updates and we'll keep it going with the local utah updates and as part of that we're going to talk a little bit about a timeline for the university of utah basketball men's basketball coaching search yesterday tuesday was an off day for the utah jazz it has been reported that alex jensen was going to interview for the position Uh, i i believe that he was doing it in earnest that there was still potential for him to accept the job i've seen some stuff on social media that says he was already planning on accepting it and i don't know how much validity i would put into those social media accounts just me personally uh and from what i've heard from other people as i've talked to them about this uh what i do think more than likely happened is i do think that alex jensen more than likely interviewed on tuesday with mark harlan at the university of utah the question would be is will would they be prepared to extend an offer at that point what and how close to what Alex would be expecting is that offer? And how soon would he be able to make a decision? I do think that the University of Utah is prepared to go really as far as they need to in order to lock in Alex Jensen. The interesting part about that would be, is Alex ready to go to the University of Utah and leave the Utah Jazz? Uh, we've talked about that a lot. I think the other interesting aspect about it would be assistant coaches that would come with him. And I do believe that both Chris Burgess and uh, Cody Fuger, who are down at BYU currently with Mark Pope, would be interested in taking a job at the University of Utah. I think they both would want to come back home as former Utes. Uh, I think that there would also be a lot of interest in working with Alex Jensen. He is an incredible coach. I don't think there's any denying that. Uh For any questions or concerns that you might have about his personality or his recruiting ability, I think Chris Burgess would absolutely be the the Robin to his Batman. And I think that would be a great fit. In addition to Cody Fuger, who was uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades under Rick Majerus at the University of Utah. If you've ever listened to the Andrew Bogut podcast, he he talks with Cody uh, very extensively about their time together and how they kind of became friends. And I believe it was Cody who actually picked up Bogues from the airport and said, you have a really good accent for speaking English as a second language. Uh, Don't quote me on that one for sure. But if you haven't listened to it, it's episode four of Rogue Bogues podcast. Really worth a listen where Bogut kind of talks about his time at the University of Utah and then interviews Cody at the end of it. But I do believe that both coaches would be interested in coming back to Utah. Uh, I think some of that is, is the appeal of working with Alex Jensen. Some of that would be the appeal of working at a Power 5 program. I think some of it would just be the appeal of, of going back to a place that you have fond memories and where you started out at. I think we all kind of get that from time to time. So this is where we're at along the timeline. I would expect that if Alex Jensen really is interested in the job, that we would likely hear about it by the end of the week, if not sooner. He probably won't wait to, too long to make a decision on that. 
if he is not, then likely what will happen is we'll start to hear more buzz around other candidates. And, and uh, I, I think Johnny Bryan is one. We, we've heard Joe Pasternak be mentioned as one. I think that Utah is all in. And I do believe that a lot of this is motivated by boosters within the program and, and boosters who have committed to the program that they want Alex Jensen. And so moving forward, it's it's all all or nothing on on, on Alex. And, and then you kind of go back to the drawing board and strategize a little bit more about candidates. I, I've heard some people talk about possibly luring Johnny Bryan in as an assistant. I don't know that that would be the case. I think if Johnny Bryant left the New York Knicks, it would only be for a head coaching job, which I do believe he has interest in. And there would be a willingness on his end to interview. I would expect that that interview would likely take place sometime either at the end of this week or next week, depending on what happens with Alex Jensen. If Jensen really is not interested in the college game or or anything of that nature, uh, we would more than likely start to know that he was no longer a candidate probably within a day or so. So the good news is, is either he'll accept the position and we should know by week's end or uh, the rumor mill will start up again. And so if you start hearing more names in connection with that Utah job, I would expect it's because Alex Jensen has turned it down. The sting and defeat has affected us all at one point in time. And that's one of the reasons why I like betonline.ag. Sometimes my team loses, but guess what? My pocketbook wins. And that's why I'm a big fan of what BetOnline has to offer. They have action on everything. We talked about it. Award shows, college basketball, NBA, NHL, baseball is coming up. Uh, We have FCS football going on. Jay Catch has made a killing on that one. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. There's actually a fascinating list of props. So Jalen Suggs. Is a plus 450 for most outstanding player. Corey Kispert, plus 500. Uh, Davion Mitchell, plus 1600 for Baylor. That might be an interesting one. Uh, National championship odds, for example. Gonzaga at plus 140. Baylor, plus 350. Uh, Oral Roberts, plus 6600. That's one where you got to throw a couple bucks on it just in case. Uh, Highest Pac-12 team, without a doubt. USC at plus 2000. Oregon coming in just behind Creighton at plus 3,300. Not a lot of respect for the Pac-12 going into the Final Four. Uh, Winning conference, the best odds are for the West Coast Conference, which is wild. Uh, The worst odds are for Summit League at plus 6,600. There's a nice little teaser you could put together. Uh, There's also teasers for the number of points for Buddy Bayheim, which who would have thought that we would be excited about Buddy Bayheim at this point in the season? But all that and more is available for you at betonline.ag. As you know, promo code Locked On gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is super simple to sign up. You just go to the website or use your mobile device to get registered. Make that deposit. Throw in the promo code. Get an extra 50%. And then start making those wagers at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's draft season, and while the NFL draft is upcoming and there are not any Utes likely to be drafted, you can still follow all the action by joining Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. 
Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Those guys are great. Uh, the Draft Network, it, you know, for Trevor and, and Ben, also a big part of what they do. Really fun stuff. Uh, and so if that's if the draft's your thing, definitely give it a listen. Far as University of Utah updates go, it was an interesting day on Tuesday. The University of Utah softball team got back on track by sweeping a doubleheader from UVU in their return to Dumkey Family Stadium, handing uh, the Wolverines, right? Utah Valley Wolverines, uh, 10-2 loss in Game 1 and then a 2-1 loss in Game 2. Good for the Lady Utes. Uh, they are, without a doubt, the most exciting program i think since the pac-12 era in terms of their really skyrocketing presence and uh it was great to see them go and get a win up there at the dumpkey family field um unfortunately two bits of bad news the first one the volleyball match versus washington state has been canceled uh that was originally scheduled for friday march 26th has been canceled due to covid19 protocols within the washington state program Washington State will still travel to Salt Lake City and face Utah Sunday, March 28th in the originally scheduled match uh, inside the Huntsman Center, scheduled for an 11 a.m. MT start. So the lady, the volleyball youth's only getting one game this weekend. Uh, don't ask me to explain why that is. I don't know. This is way above my pay grade. All this COVID stuff is just so, I, I don't even know how to explain most of it anymore. And another little bit of bad news is... There's a new team down south to reckon with. The Utah baseball team drops a tough one to Dixie State 9-7 in a midweek contest at, uh, I always want to say Franklin Covey Field, even though it's Smith's ballpark now. Uh, Utes had 13 hits, led by Matt Richardson, who had three, went three for five. Made a late rally, trying to score four in the eighth inning, but Dixie State held on for the victory. Uh, Really a high-scoring affair. Um, but a, a really tough loss for this team. We kind of talked about how there were going to be ups and downs with them as they went through this journey, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of it. Uh, some of the top performers for the team, Kai Roberts had a nice outing, as I've mentioned, third baseman that I'm a really big fan of. Two hits and three at-bats, one run, one RBI. Uh, Jaden Kiernan had two hits on four at-bats and two RBIs. Jalen McLaughlin, two hits and five at-bats, and as the aforementioned Matt Richardson, three for five with one run. The Utes will look back, look to get back on track against California. That game will be on the 26th, 5 p.m. first pitch on the Pac-12 Networks. And that's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. As always, thank you, everyone, for subscribing, for rating, for reviewing, for your contributions, for your comments, for your questions. We're going to do a mailbag episode for tomorrow's show be sure and get your questions to us locked on utes at gmail.com at brown bear slc at locked on utes on twitter at jacob c hatch you can get us all in there again thank you for listening for, for subscribing for rating for reviewing that's it for today's episode of the locked on utes podcast here on the locked on podcast network for march 24th 2021